Hello and welcome to Stolen Truth Podcast, episode number 86. I'm Stark. I'm Zoner. I'm Squishy. And I'm Zook, and this is actually take two for the show. Hey, uh, <laughs> two dozen? Yeah, almost. Um, first off, shout out to our sponsors, friends at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Also, uh, we are brought to you this week by GoToMeeting with HD Faces by Citrix. Uh, we want to make sure you have a chance to go and try it out, because it really is the best uh, tool you can use for teleconferencing. You want to be able to do business with people everywhere. That's impossible unless you use something like GoToMeeting with HD Faces, especially with their new client that you can actually present from a tablet, which is a first in the technological world. We want you to be able to try it free for 30 days. Visit GoToMeeting.com, click on the Try It Free button, and enter the promo code PODCAST. Again, remember, the promo code is PODCAST. Go to meeting. Meeting is believing. Uh, also want to give a, another shout-out to our friends at Krypton Radio. Their Kickstarter campaign is still in full tilt. You want to be able to give back to such a wonderful uh, pillar of the geek community. Remember, people, they're like the only geek radio station, comic book and sci-fi radio station in the world. Uh, their Kickstarter is going for another 20 days from the time we're recording this. And it's really easy to give. So, there's our telethon moment. Again, we have no promise of cups or a collector tote bag, but just do it because it's a good cause. Yeah, very good cause. Tis the season. We love these guys. We truly do. They've given so much. And uh, not to guilt anyone, but it's like, you know, it's the least you can do, really, is just give a couple dollars here or there. Um... In case you were hearing any clipping or ticking, uh, we know what that is. We're sorry. Squishy just can't catch a break when it comes to finding headphones. Yeah, it's a well-accepted fact in my life that technology really doesn't like me very much, which is somewhat ironic to be involved in this podcast, but hey, you know, I love irony. (laughs) (laughs) Before we move on, we did have a very interesting uh, interview last week with Jonathan Colton. Uh, the one, the only. And it, it, it was absolutely awesome. If you know, you say interesting. I, I'm sure that that's synonymous for epic or awesome. Uh, it was a lot it of fun. Was, it was a lot of fun. Very, awesome guy. Very. And yes. uh, so, if you're in the it, Salt Lake area or in the Utah area, remember he's going to be performing. Uh, what is it? The 27th. 27th. Yeah. 27th at the State Room downtown Salt Lake. Buy your tickets online or, or buy them at the door. Just get there early. Uh, it's going to be a pretty packed crowd, and you want to be able to see him in person because it's a pretty awesome show. Well, and, you know, a rumor has it that um, the stateroom is one of the nicer venues in the state of Utah to see a show. So, in fact, yeah. if you go up on stage and you say, Still Android sent me here, you may get a prize. I may also really? be lying, but it would definitely be interesting to see how many people can do that. You know what? I, I will throw this out there. If somebody gets up on stage and says stolen and, and says stolen droids sent sent me here, I'm here because of stolen droids, something along those lines, I will give you something. I have um it's a brand new Plantronics backbeat headset. Whoa. Uh, Bluetooth. If you get up there and say I'm here because of stolen droids, I will I will give those to you. Contact me, and I will give those to you. Because I will be at the show, and I will know if that happens. Wow. And as soon as, as, soon as you get out of county lockup, he will be there with your free gift. Yes. The gauntlet <laughs> no. has been dropped. Joko was pretty cool with it, actually. He, uh, he said that he'd love to see people show up there from Stolen Droids. That would be pretty awesome. Yes. Um, also, uh, before we get into our headlines, uh, voting for the Podcast Awards, the 8th Annual podcast awards which we are nominated for has ended special thanks to each of you um, our listeners who voted for us we really appreciate it we won't know the results until the actual new media expo in january which will be in las vegas and will be live streamed to uh, to their site so we'll know when you one know. of my co-workers actually came up to me today and asked if the voting was still going on uh again one of those people who i didn't know listened to the show yeah it uh, it ended like 45 minutes ago so thank you thank you to each of you because honestly the only reason we keep doing this is for you guys mm-hmm. yeah and and hopefully you know we'll actually win 
thanks to you guys. So we won't know until January, but um, yeah, we will be at the awards show in, in Las Vegas, and if we win, we will definitely be sure to thank you. All right. Into our actual headlines. Um, Apple fell under some uh, hard times with their launch of iOS 6. Not only did their uh, their maps kerfuffle happen, which we all we've, we talked about ad nauseum, but there was actually another issue which didn't receive as much uh, spotlight, but should have. Their clock app was redesigned. The icon itself was redesigned with a new face. And it was like, oh, well, it's just a clock face. It's really, really nice, but it's nothing really important, right? Well, it turns out that clock face was designed and copyrighted by the Swiss Rail Company. Don't! It's theirs and only theirs. They own a copyright on the design of the watch face. It was designed in 1944 by Swiss engineer Hans uh, Hilfiker. Sorry. And is actually the property of the SBB. Uh, and is still used throughout their stations. Well, Apple had tried to uh, go in afterwards and say, yeah, well, you know, we already have it. Can we use it? They've done this before with other things. Uh, the calculator app that they have looks a lot like the Braun ET44 from the 70, 1977. Even the name iPhone was a Cisco property before. But uh, the Swiss Rail Company was not happy and did not want to play ball. Apple has been ordered to pay $21 million for use wow. of the icon. Yep. Yeah, this is it's a big hit for Apple. This is actually going to cost them about 7% of their uh, gross profit from the first weekend of iPad mini sales. So this is this is really going to hit them hard. You know, it, it's easy sarcasm. to joke about that. Yeah, the sarcasm's there. And when you think how much money they have, that's no big deal. 21 million is nothing. But it is kind of another little stitch in their in their armor that's happening. Between this, they lost their two execs. Their stock has actually started to drop for the first time in years. Uh, and we talked about that last year, last week, when we asked if they've simply hit market saturation point or are people starting to jump ship. Uh, this is just another little thing that people are left wondering: Would this have happened if if Jobs was still there? Hard Jobs to say. Found something new, but. I personally think he would have uh, charmed his way into the Swiss rail company's hearts, and they just would have given it to him. Sure, but I mean, we know that Apple historically has played pretty fast and loose, and that's kind of how they've made their their billions. But mm. you know, Jobs was anything but a saint. You know, he he was a man who is, is far well more revered now than he was several years ago, but. He kind of made his bones with some pretty shady tactics. So. Well, he's, he was the Edison of the modern era, for better or exactly. for worse, what that means. <laughs> exactly. But um, speaking of a, a tight spot therein and playing fast and loose, you remember that apology letter that they were ordered to do from the UK court? The, the, the judge said, Samsung's design isn't as cool as you, therefore yep. they couldn't have copied you. You need to post an apology. The first time they did it, they worded it in such a snarky way that you knew they weren't apologizing. And it was along the lines of, you know, a UK judge has said that our device are the coolest in the world, and for that reason we stand alone and that Samsung has not copied us. And everyone's like, uh, yeah, that no, that doesn't count. Yep. That, that doesn't work. Yep. Last week, we brought up how the UK judge was also kind of peeved at them, because the second time they did it, they developed a, a plug-in or something, a script that ran on their site that yep. calculated the size of your browser and put the apology below the fold, below the scroll line, no matter what size screen or what size browser you had, it was always down at the bottom. So yeah, it was there, and it wasn't hidden, you could scroll down to see it, but it was on purpose. Well, evidently that UK judge um, is not happy. And they have been ordered to pay all of Samsung's legal fees. Which can get expensive. Now, speaking from experience, when you go to court and it's a civil suit, you always ask for the legal fees to be reimbursed. Not that it usually happens, just because if there's a chance of it happening, it's nice to ask for it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just kind of a, just in case the judge is feeling generous, we'll ask for it. But it never happens. Evidently, that clause is left in place for situations like this when the judge just gets peeved. <laughs> now, 
I personally think that the judge asking Samsung to put an apology may not be the worst thing that could have been inflicted on them. It's embarrassing. But it doesn't really cost them much. No, you know, I, it, I, the sooner you put it up there, the sooner you get it out of the way, the, the sooner people stop talking about it. Now, with all these extra kerfuckles that they're doing, basically all they're doing is just making it last longer. You completely screwed up that word, and now I have to eep it. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. You know, I, I keep... <laughs> it's an F. F. There's two of them, actually. At least. I, I, I just keep expecting a judge to co- finally come to Apple and say, okay, Tim Cook, you know, put on the sandwich boards, go stand out on the corner of wherever in some busy city, London or something, and just sandwich board say we screwed up samsung's better than us or something like that i would love for something like that to happen that's not exactly legal in fact i you know on, on the one hand where i say that this isn't as, as bad as it could be i still question the professionalism of it you know this seems kind of eye for eye which i personally don't like when judges do it is their prerogative to do I, I don't think it's that professional, but at the same time, how professional is it that Apple keeps willingly, you know, uh, they're almost in contempt of court at this point. Well, but you also have to ask yourself, and I hate to sound like the Apple apologist on the board, but at what point are you breaking the law, and at what point are you kind of just, you know... I just coughed into a mute. You know, it almost worked out, because I was about to say something that might have had to be eeped, so that would have been an interesting cover. At what point are you just being a jerk? <laughs> you know? I didn't even know I was muted. It was interesting. You weren't. Uh, but, you know, at, at what point are you being a jerk? Not, you're not breaking any laws, you're just being a jerk. And that's still technically legal-ish. Not in England, or UK. I think that they outlawed that, especially on Twitter. You're being clever. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Something the wormhole mixes it up to something else. Uh, I, so much I, post-production I, editing going into this episode. So moving on from Apple to Apple. Oh, wait, it's Apple. Uh, well, in this in this case, actually, I think uh, Apple has decided to kind of pick its wars. They're still going strong against Samsung, and Samsung's still going strong against them, but Apple and HTC have decided to play nice. They're not necessarily going to be sharing technology, but they have agreed to stop playing against each other and stop suing each other for patent infringements for ten more years. So they've called a truce. Yeah, in a way of speaking, yeah. They've got a piece. still a business. That, that reminds me of like civilization where you're at war with somebody and it's like you can't attack them for five turns. <laughs> Do you ever wonder this if that's actually how? Thing. You ever wonder if that's actually how all these corporations run? <laughs> it's like uh, you know the end of uh, uh, spies like us. You know, world problems were solved with a game of risk. Maybe corporate problems are started with a game of monopoly or civilization even. I just think that would be awesome. Like, Apple's out there just attacking all these people in civilization. They're like they're like the Hitler of... Oh, no, they, they were. Now it's Tim Cook going, you know, guys, I really don't know this game. Are you sure we can't do checkers? <laughs> hey, look, look. Exactly. Jobs is the one who chose Risk. Best yeah, but... two out of three. <laughs> yeah, but that was Jobs. I don't know Risk. In any case, I would actually like to see more companies doing this because with the economy being as bad as it does as it is right now, you're only you're only sinking your own ship to be spending that much money on legal teams and not on R and D. It's not like any of these need solid gold swimming pools too, Zook. Seriously, no company is making so much profit that it can afford to be throwing it away in court right now. Except maybe, you know, Apple. Even Apple's not anymore. Like we said last week, their stock price went down 20%. Okay, but what's down they got. Yeah, Yeah. I think they got beat up again in the stock market this week. It's, it's, yeah, okay, they're still making money, but what would you rather do? 
make a lot of money and keep that $14 billion in the bank or make kind of a bunch of money and start to having to pay out of that bank account? Which one would you rather do? If you'd rather keep spending money on legal teams and not make as much, well, that's a losing strategy, and they're not going to last. So it's it doesn't matter which company it is. None of them are doing so well they can continue down this this line. And I'm pretty sure the people who have told us not to talk about finances will actually agree with us when we say this. Yeah, you know, they, they shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> we got one right. <laughs> This is why we were nominated. <laughs> for, being, for being right twice at like a clock? <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of right twice like a clock, here's Rim, which we haven't talked about for a while. No, we haven't. Um, the low, slow t- death march. <laughs> you may remember a while back, they asked, they put out a promotion saying that if you were to make an app in Android and port it over to BlackBerry they would give you a, a playbook. And we know that because I did it. It was a horrible app that doesn't work. And I keep getting notifications saying another person has left a negative review. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it, it keeps getting negative reviews, and I don't really care. Well, I got a playbook well, a for it. A negative review is better than no review, isn't it? Yeah, why do you guys keep installing this thing, the BlackBerry playbook? It doesn't work. You, you really have my- should just retitle the app, I just did this for free swag. Well, because it didn't work so well last time, not the app, the promotion, they're doing it again. They still have playbooks to give away, huh? If you port a game over to BlackBerry, you will get... Let's see here. The more you port and build, the more you get. If you get one or two gaming apps approved, you get $100 per eligible app. If you get two and five between two and five games approved, you get $100 per app and one BlackBerry tablet, a playbook. If you get five and ten games approved, you get $100 per app, one playbook, and for the first 100 qualified participants, one Dev Alpha device. I'm going to repeat that last part here, and we're not even to the end of the list. Um, the Dev Alpha device is their prototype. Hmm. It is untested hardware. It's an alpha. It was given out to developers at a conference with a sticker on the back that says not for retail because it doesn't work. Okay. So, if you get more than 10, you get $100 per app, a playbook, the first 10 qualified participants a Dev Alpha device, and a trip to the Game Developers Conference in San Diego, March 2013. So, not only... And this is in... I'm going to kind of fudge some numbers here, because I don't remember the exact ones. You can go back and listen to our previous episodes. This Just is, make them up. This is after they said how they were going to give you... What was it? $1,000? If you, if you make so many downloads or do so many sales for the new BlackBerry OS 10, Within a certain amount of time, they were going to pay you $1,000. It was something like that, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. That's, that sounds right, actually. So they're going to give you $1,000 if you make apps and sell them. They're going to give you their prototype hardware. They're going to do all of this if you could just make apps for them. Does someone seem a little bit desperate for apps? Yeah, a little bit desperate? Sound like a- doesn't sound like a very positive story for them because, as you've been talking about this, I'm reminded of you remember the movie Real Genius, and the guy who lived in their basement, Laszlo Hollyfeld, who rigged the contest and won some ridiculous percent of the prizes. Mm-hmm. It sounds like this is just a deal that they didn't think through. You know, like the uh, the pudding cap story that made the Adam Sandler movie. That they just didn't really think it through and somebody's going to take advantage of this to a pretty immense degree. It's how to succeed in business without really trying. It's more of how not to succeed in business without really trying. Well, if you remember, if you it's an old musical, but well, um, I, if I you remember, you were in this musical, actually. It didn't work well, out so well for them. Yeah, it worked out well for the guy. Oh, sure. But in any case, this is not a great idea. I mean, the next one is if you make more than 100, you can come into our office and take whatever you want. The CEO has a nice TV you can have. 
for 500 you can date his daughter or you know it's take our apps please kind of thing here um <laughs> on the tail of this announcement is the fact that they announced that blackberry os 10 will be available in i want to say december i didn't even put this in the show notes because it well, how many times have they said they're going to be they're going to have the next os or or it was it uh it was january but then a week, and everyone's really excited, and all the news stories start to flow. And then, kind of a couple days later, almost sliding in there, they point out that no devices will actually be able to handle it or be out until the end of first quarter 2013. Wow. Which That's makes a- sense because they've just given away all their only phones that run it. <laughs> this is some quality business. This is like, wow. You have to try. You really have to try to do things that stupid. <laughs> yeah, and- yeah. I, I mean, sometimes it just happens on accident, and it's it's a wonder at that. But, you know, you're you're exactly right. To screw up and to be so inept at business, it it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, I I've never taken a business class in my life. I've never worked above you know low level management in retail, but. When I can recognize that something's a bad idea, that's saying something. You know, it's like when I recognize a band or when I recognize a piece of technology, it's really out there. You know, I, this just does not sound like a good plan, and it's going to backfire. I especially love because while trying to get the hard dates here, because like I said, I didn't put it in the show notes, so I don't have the hard dates. I just googled BBOS 10 release date. And the very first ones I get are like in April. It's going to be released in October, and then another one in September. It's going to be released in November. And it's like the further you go down on the Google results, the more accurate it gets. Eventually, yeah, gets I don't to... think it's ever going to be released. I'll be amazed if it ever sees the light of day. It's vaporware, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, yeah, this, this is like the Daikatana of the tech world. It just keeps getting pushed back and. By the time it comes out, it's going to be pretty comical. You just John Romero is currently working in Waterloo, Canada. Yeah. Kids, if you don't know who that is, do a Google Google search. Ask your parents. Also, uh, Google Kill Creek. You'll be you'll be thankful. So that works. On to, okay. Mo- moving on to references that are less than a decade old. Yeah, I just realized how old I am. Yeah, um, yeah you know, we'll, we'll it, it, we just had like a Dennis Miller moment where you were like making all these references that nobody understood, yet you thought they were absolutely brilliant. <laughs> oh, sure. If anybody <laughs> under the age of about 25 knows what real genius was, I'd be surprised. Mm. I like how you just managed to bag on Dennis Miller with no one batting an eye. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sadly, I well, sadly, I don't know how sadly. I actually really like Dennis Miller. I think he's very funny, but you got to be smart to understand his comedy. Um, moving into not smart sausage, um, a recent me- internal memo was leaked from Cisco. Did they leave it at a coffee shop? Uh, it was a bar. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's in the so, lost and found. So. Um, it turned out that Cisco had been overbilling the California education system, the higher education system, and had been overcharging them. This internal memo was leaked to the California higher education system. So we have a whistleblower. Uh-huh. We have a whistleblower. Um, didn't end well for Cisco, if you can't imagine. So their uh, their vice president of services, Mike Quinn, wrote in another internal memo, because, you know, it worked so well the first time, but basically said, you are, to the employee who decided to leak this trust, you are my new hobby. Wow. This, this guy is determined to hunt him down. Oh, did we mention that Mike Quinn is a former CIA operations officer? Did he just crib the entire monologue from Taken? Because that would be awesome. <laughs> well, got, uh, the link to the, to the to the article in here, they've got a picture of Mr. Quinn. Yeah. Does he look a little freaky? If you admit your culpability, I will end this now. I will not find <laughs> you. I will not find you. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I'm you know, guessing he was the employee is the employee is reading this memo going, "Oh crap! I just walked into a Liam Neeson movie. I'm gonna die." <laughs> <laughs> Me and the rest of the employees in the building are all dead right now. <laughs> but you know, I, I'm look. I'm guessing looking at this guy's picture that he wasn't a field agent. He was an operations officer. He oversaw them. Yeah. So he knows people who know how to take care of problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the last paragraph from his actual email. I want you to remember, uh, sorry, this quote, I want you to remember that Cisco puts the groceries on your table every two weeks, not Brad Reese or other slander sh- sheet journalists, that you respected everyone else at Cisco. Now I know you do not have it in you. Everyone else at Cisco. Yes, sorry. Now I know you do not have it in you to stand up and admit what you did. So I will now make you my hobby. Ask around, and you will find out that I like to work on my hobbies. End quote. I like this. That's guy. that's frightening. <laughs> so what has been his response about the second internal memo that has now been leaked? Um. I, I, being, being known as the Liam Neeson of the tech world, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. I mm, probably the most worrisome, worrying fact is the fact that we have not heard about his thoughts on the second leaked memo. <laughs> probably fool because someone once. is dead. <laughs> <laughs> fool me once, fool me twice. What? What was that <laughs> line again? <laughs> probably because whoever leaked it has been found and killed. <laughs> Allegedly. You know, we should probably actually hit the Cisco job boards to see which job recently opened up. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> oh, it was the poor barista downstairs in the cafe. <laughs> you know, in these tough times, I could figure out how to make cappuccino. Okay. Um, into other scary spy news. Yeah, uh, Microsoft funny. has actually gotten a patent now. And we should clarify this, but let's get through it first. They have a patent now that allows them to spy on you with your TV camera, meaning your Kinect, and fining you if there are too many people using their software. To watch a movie or to watch something. Now, they haven't put it into effect, at least not that we know of. This is just a patent. This isn't... Yeah. You, you know, a, a patents are basically allowed for pretty much anything. You could patent an idea, and then when you try and make it, they come back and say that's illegal. Yeah. That is entirely possible. Furthermore, when you're going up against a company like Apple, or Sony, or Nintendo, you patent every idea you have, because if you don't, they will. Mm-hmm. That being said... It's a very scary avenue of thought. The idea being that you're on your Xbox and you're you are watching a movie and suddenly the camera clicks on and notices that you have 30 or 40 people in your living room watching this movie. Well, that ceases to be a private viewing of a movie. That is now a public display. You know, when when they say, you know, uh, sections of tonight's game are licensed by the NBA and are not for public distribution or... Or when you put a DVD in and it says, you know, for for private use only. That's what they mean. Private use is below a certain threshold of audience members. And if all of a sudden you're... What is that threshold, though? I think it depends on the media. And I think if they don't tell you, I don't think they can hold it against you. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but if they're not going to tell me, hey, if I've got... 15 friends at my house and we're watching Star Trek, no. You, if you don't tell me that, that there's a certain number, then I'm not going to I'm not gonna follow your rules. Now, well, my, my guess is somewhere in the terms of service that no one ever reads but we all agree to, somewhere in there is an actual number. You know, we just don't quite know what we're agreeing to until it's too late and you become a new human centipede. Thank you, South Park. <laughs> Yeah, there's a... Uh, thank you. Um, <laughs> now, in the actual patent, it points out movies. One would hope they keep it that way, because I don't want them watching me play video games. If you might remember episode yeah, way back there, when I first got the Connect and I'm playing Dance Central in my underwear and failing miserably, 
I don't really want Microsoft to see that. I didn't want to see that. Well, you know, I don't want anybody to have the option to turn on a camera that I have in my house and be able to watch me. That's, I mean, that's like 1984 here. Yeah, I think my original headline had something about Big Brother in this uh, in, 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 in this title. Yeah, your original headline had to do with Big Brother watching me in my underwear. Thank yeah, you I know you pulled it out, too. <laughs> he means the headline, people. <laughs> the headline, yes. Just <laughs> but but wow. yeah, I mean, I, I it, that is that is definitely very 1984. I mean, that's so Orwellian. I can't, how how long until the government says, well, you know, Microsoft, you have this ability. We need this ability now because we need to check on on our citizens to make sure that they're doing exercises every day or whatever the case may be. Now we, as I did point out before. Um, just because they patented doesn't mean this is suddenly legal or it's happening. So, but they have formed the pa- or they have filed the patent, which is why it made the news. Well, and if they've got the patent, it's only a matter of time before they have the capability. If they don't already, I would also like to point out to people that if you are freaking out about this, remember the Xbox already has the built-in ability to unplug the Connect. That technology has already been achieved. Just saying. We've already reached that milestone. Now, the pull the plug was a, a big milestone for us. That uh, you know, Being able to yank that sucker out has really changed the way I view technology. Mm, yes. <laughs> Kill the power. Speaking of uh, obscure movie references, wasn't there one where a bunch of hackers are sitting there and the government is hacking back into their system and everyone's freaking out, trying to block them trying to throw up every bit of coding and scripting they know, and one guy gets the bright idea to just reach over and unplug the server I remember there was a James Bond movie where the guy had to run over and start pulling the, the, the cable out of the wall in order to prevent him from getting hacked back yeah, yeah. it was yeah. Uh, Goldeneye yeah. Yep. Transformers, they take an axe to the hard lines that's not a lie, they can actually do that and will. Um, okay, into other Microsoft news. This one's kind of interesting and actually reminiscent of Apple's news, but Stephen Sanofsky has left Microsoft. You may not know him by name, so just remember this. He is the president over Windows. He's the guy who brought you Windows 8. He's the guy who brought you Windows. Period. Hmm. Um... No one's really sure what's going on. They haven't said. He has released... You know, people have said, well, it's probably because of the products. He doesn't like the Surface. He doesn't like the phone. He has put out a statement saying, it's not the products. It's not the phone. I love the phone. I love the Surface. It's all good. Which is, by the way, just good professionalism there, not to go and immediately blab about everything. But a lot more people are pointing to internal politics. So... What? Internal politics at a huge multinational corporation I can't I can't see that plan never either. happens yeah never you know it's too bad we don't have a live show right now and people aren't listening to us right now Jeremy Clarkson just tweeted out that they need two girls to get in the back of an Aston Martin in Los Angeles tomorrow morning I I'll shave my legs I'd do it um anyway that non sequitur aside you an ugly chick dude <laughs> thank you I guess wow <laughs> thank you for that just now, uh, some people have said that this might not bode well from Windows 8. Um, the article I linked to from CNET, or from ZDNet, actually, I would tend to agree with, and it points out that Windows 8 is a done deal. It's not in development anymore. It hasn't been in development for a while. It doesn't matter that the president of Windows is gone, because it's already out on computer systems and in marketing, and he doesn't have anything to do with marketing or distribution. He only worked in the development of it. So this might throw a slight wrench into Microsoft's plans on making a new update or a new operating system every two years, which, you know, it all honestly might be the very reason he left. Personally, I think it's a dumb plan for Microsoft to try and do anyway. But, you know, just saying. It's, it's, yeah. it's one theory. It is. Uh, though I'm not sure how much direct impact his leaving is going to happen because with something as big as the Windows operating system, 
I'm sure he was far from the only voice or the only decision maker. So it, it's definitely going to have an impact, but to what extent is, I think, a little hard to, to gauge at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, into uh, interesting impact here. CNET, which I mentioned on accident there, runs a site called Download.com. Back in the day, and I'm talking way back in the day, Download.com was its own entity, and it was where you could go to download pretty much anything you needed. Uh, this was back in the day when companies had not yet figured out that it was wise to put their own download page on their site for their own products. Mm-hmm. You wanted drivers, you had you had to go searching for them, and this is before Google. We're talking, you know, Hotbot or, uh, or, or Web Crawler. And you could usually find them at download.com, where people submitted their own files. It was purchased by CNET. CNET uh, Computer News been around for a very long time. It became downloads.cnet.com or still download.com. You can still go there. And it's still around. CNET was purchased by CBS. I don't think I need to tell you who CBS is. They're what? the ones that killed Jericho. Okay, maybe I do need to tell you who they are. <laughs> CBS is being sued by a coalition of artists, musicians, and the MPAA. Wow. For, pir- for encouraging piracy. Because on download.com, you can download BitTorrent clients. You can go to download.com and get a BitTorrent client. And therefore, CBS is somehow compliant with internet piracy. Wow, that's kind of stretching it. If this doesn't make your jaw drop, check your pulse, because you might be dead. I would like to also point out that CBS has actually been rather militant against internet piracy. CBS doesn't even like its uh, involvement in Hulu for this very reason. Yeah, they're just barely starting to dip their toe in the Hulu water. So, it's like, I... mm. Yeah, this is a bit of uh, bit of comedy to be involved here. That one of the big networks, one of the original networks, who have been fighting so hard against piracy, are now own a company that can make it a little easier to happen. So well, you just kind of got to laugh a little bit. It's not even that they're making it easier. It's just that I mean, Somebody it's kind of like suing them, thinking that they're making it easier. Right. Well, you know, of course they're getting sued. You know, anytime somebody slips and falls walking out of a Seven Eleven, you know, they don't sue the kid making seven bucks an hour who should have put salt down or a wet floor sign. You know, they go after the big corporation because they're the ones you could actually get some money from. So it's something that, given how militant CBS has been, they probably should have thought about shortly after acquiring CNET. I'm pretty well certain this was not an acquisition that went unnoticed. You know, they probably put out a pretty, a pretty penny for this uh, for CNET or for the, the downloads. The, the problem is here is, is that BitTorrent clients are actually used for legitimate purposes too. Granted, I know they are used for illegitimate reasons, for illegal reasons, and that is its primary use. I get that, sure. but it's legitimate software. It is used for legal reasons. If you own any kind of computer game and you get an update. I guarantee you it's using the BitTorrent connections and protocols. That's how it works. Were they, we, we even reported more than a year ago about how they were trying to show BitTorrent as a better delivery system, and they were showing BitTorrent uh, concerts. Yeah. I'm remembering that from some of our very early, early shows. Yeah, the, you know, the Bit, BitTorrent video, the streaming video over BitTorrent. Yeah, they were they were saying, "Hey, this is just like having an FTP client. This is just like having an IRC client. This is, it's a tool." And that's what they were trying to show. But yeah, but but when you hear the word BitTorrent, you immediately think piracy. This is honestly like a group of deranged people suing the Home Depot because the Home Depot sells hammers, and hammers can be used to hurt people. Mm-hmm. I. Well, how many people have lost their thumbnails because of hammers? I mean, seriously. Home Depot, Lowe's, they're monsters. They need to be stopped. And even that ridiculous analogy isn't ridiculous enough because Home (laughs) Depot isn't owned by uh, the Hammer Victims Anonymous group. I know I I I sound like I'm crazy now, but 
CBS freaking owns the company they're suing. CBS, the anti-piracy kings. So I, I just think it's you know it, it, they say they say what goes around comes around. You know, CBS created a lot of bad karma a few years ago when they killed Jericho, only to bring it back and kill it again. If you can't tell, Zoner has a bit of a chip on his shoulder about Jericho. I, I, well, well I, he, I say, he can't get mad at Lucas anymore because Lucas isn't there anymore. So he's he's got to no, focus I, all that rage somewhere else. I'm pretty sure Lucas he believes Lucas was involved in Jericho. George Lucas is still responsible for Jar Jar. Yeah. However, and Jar Jar Jericho. On. I mean, <laughs> moving travesty. on. Moving yeah. on. <laughs> President Obama. And this is our last headline. President Obama has actually uh, signed a secret initiative. And I know what everyone thinks. Oh, geez, Obama with his secrets, right? This one might I'm actually not, be good. More and more people like, what, again? <laughs> Down boy. Okay. Um, this one is secret not because he didn't want people to know that it was being signed. This one's secret because they don't want people to know what's in the initiative exactly. Um, it is a directive. It's called Policy Directive 20. And it is supposed to... It's actually an update to a 2004 one. And it updates how the military should respond. Uh, and I'll actually just read the very first paragraph because it describes it the best. Obama has signed a se- highly secret directive which will allow the military to act more aggressively when it comes to stopping cyber attacks striking the U.S. This should have been Order 66. Yes, that would have been hilarious. Uh, now, it points out that originally the 2004 directive ty- uh, referred to defending the network within. This one is actually talking about preemptively defending the network outside of the network. So a good way of putting it would be, like, imagine there is a wall around the border of the United States, and the previous order involves keeping guards inside that space to keep everything safe. Mm -hmm. This new directive is the equivalent of putting turrets with guns just outside the wall to make sure that people don't get near the wall in the first place. I'm okay with this. Personally. Well, when we've already had discussions about cyber wars before and about how this this is the new Cold War just about because it happens kind of outside the purvey of the view of the general public mm-hmm. and the like. So Now, the reason it is highly secret is because they do not want to know, they don't want others to know what tactics they plan on using. That's the part that makes me worry a little bit because what if they just what if there's a purview in there that just says we enact the Patriot Act on everything? Hmm. I, I'd kind of like to know that, but at the same time I don't think I'll ever see anything from it. Your, your guys' thoughts? Yeah, that's a that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, maybe I'm too trusting, but uh, you know, short of the occasional acquisition of an album that I may or may not have fully paid for, I, I can't think of too many cyber crimes that they'd be uh, coming after me for. So, you know. It, just assuming that they could take this and what turn the turrets on us is, you know, a bit of a uh, bit of a step, I think, perhaps. All right. Well, it is definitely interesting. No, we want to hear what your thoughts are on this. Uh, feedback at StolenDroids.com. We're going to skip our commercials, go straight into our fast lane. Uh, I will start off. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson has unlocked another achievement appearing in Action Comics, helping Superman find his home planet. Now, if only he could do something about that vest, which is real. All right, I think I'm next, so I'll go ahead and run with this one. Didn't that didn't get that Black Friday deal last year? Guess what? They are running it again. Um, as it turns out, 90% of this year's Black Friday deals are the same bargains as last year. And yeah, the current round of shooting that is happening around Israel. Yes, started Twitter. And it is official. Mark Wahlberg is going to star in the fourth installment of the Transformers movie series. This is sad news for all because it finally confirms that despite my best efforts with my favorite trusty voodoo doll, this movie is actually happening. Yep. Now, our talking point this week, which we have not given ourselves much time for, unfortunately, um, 
is kind of an interesting little observation that's been coming up over the past few years, actually. If you look around your home, where you are right now, and look at the electronics in your immediate vicinity, how many of them do you think are made in Japan? During the 80s, that would have been a lot. Yeah. During the 80s and even the 90s, you couldn't go anywhere. Most. It would have been most. How many people in America had a Sony Dreamcube? You guys remember that? The most popular selling clock in history? I had two of them. Well, it turns out that most people are noticing that uh, you're not buying Japanese electronics anymore. In fact, it's become a bit of a phenomenon when you do buy it. And it's actually had some pretty far-reaching effects. Now, I know most people are going to immediately pop up one word, and they're going to say China. Are they going to say that because of the cheap labor in China? Well, even then, and there's two ways to look at this. There's built or assembled in Japan, or sold by Japanese company. Okay, Panasonic, for instance. Panasonic uh, is assembled in China. Or actually, the components are manufactured in China, assembled in Japan. Uh, Sharp, on the other hand, is entirely within Japan. Sony, entirely within Japan. Okay, so but, but even then, those are Japanese companies, right? Apple is an American company assembled in China. No touch in Japan there whatsoever. Mm-hmm. In fact, one could argue that America has actually become a bigger source of electronics than most others. And it's kind of... I, 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 we've been talking about this kind of from the other end for many, many episodes about the rise in Korean electronics, the rise in Chinese electronics. Heck, the, main, the maintaining, if you can call it that, of Nokia in Europe or RIM in Canada would be North American and European electronics, respectively. And I guess kind of the question is, is what does that mean? I mean... Looking around right now, you guys, and even you at home listening to this, how many Japanese electronics do you have anymore? And is that a bad thing or a good thing? I'm thinking it's more of a level playing field, at least in in in, in some terms. I don't want to say level; everything's level right now. Whereas beforehand, if you wanted again, we were talking about the '80s. If you wanted electronics, you wanted them from Japan. You knew it's almost like if you wanted a car, you wanted a German car. If you wanted electronics, you wanted it from Japan. And well, you I, know, think, I, I think I think I think it's just become more level now. I, I I think you're right there, Stark. But I think also Japan was so dominant with electronics for so very long. Do people even realize that all their stuff isn't Japanese anymore? Do, you know, do, that's an interesting question. Do people still assume that all the best electronics come from Japan? Yeah, I mean, because when I when I look at stuff, you know, I I don't even really think about it. I just think, you know, oh, it's electronics, Japanese, unless it's unless it's Huawei, because I mean, we know that they're Chinese because the State Department's all over them. But um, you know, I, I I wonder how many people just think, oh, well, it's electronics. Japanese make electronics, they're Japanese. I Even though graphics, they may not be. I had a graphics card in my hand earlier today from a, from a work-related uh, uh, assignment I was on, and I remember looking at this graphics card, it was just a little tiny thing, and it said Made in China on it. Yeah. And I remember thinking, when was the last time I'd seen a Made in Japan or a Made in France or Taiwan? I remember there was a lot of Made in Taiwan uh, labels at the time, too. Yeah, well, I, I've actually I installed a new sound card in my wife's PC earlier tonight, and I'm looking at the box made in China. I mean, Rosewill. So the piece cl- of crap card. So, good question is then, and this is, are we losing something? Because everyone says, oh, well, made in Japan. Sony, Sony is quality. You buy Sony, that stuff will never break, right? And even now, even as I'm sitting here trying to be devil's advocate, I think to myself, Sony versus Huawei. I'll take a Sony, thank you. Yeah. But at the same time, is it true anymore? Is it true that Sony really makes better quality? Well, and I think that, to some extent, the biggest factor that the average consumer looks for in a product is the price tag. 
Mm-hmm. And yes, a Sony product may be better than a Huawei price or a Huawei product. Your average consumer is only going to look at the price tag. And if it's you know a hundred dollars for a Sony product or twenty five for a Huawei, they're going to go with the cheaper one nine times out of ten, I think. I, I like how you incorporated the Sony tax in that. That was pretty accurate ratio there too. Well, and see, I think an interesting company to bring up then would be the introduction of Vizio. Uh, Vizio is uh, is a U.S. company, and yeah, it, no, I'm actually looking at a different one. Um, I'm sorry, Vizio is in California, it's still in the U.S. You know, and they make TVs. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, "Well, the, the, at one point, Vizio was the Huawei of the TV com- of the TV world." I don't know if people remember that they came on the scene. Everyone's like, well, "What? What? The, what's this player? Are you kidding me? You can't take on Sony." And guess what they did? They make excellent TVs now for dirt cheap. Yep. Yeah, they may not weigh as three times the, the weight of a normal one. They may not be made with bulletproof or tankproof properties, but they cost half as much they're equal in quality and people will look at that and say I'll take the Vizio thank you and now Vizio is doing computers for the exact same way well sure but while Vizio is an American based company they don't actually build their devices in America they build them mostly in Asia so while their corporate office may be in Southern California they're not they're as much of an American manufacturing company as Apple is at this point yeah. They're still a, an American company, though. They're an American-owned company, but... They're, know, you, they're not being made in Japan. Well, I'm looking right now to try to... Ah, believe they're made in... Let me double-check this. I believe they are being manufactured in China. So... Uh, yes. So, so uh, I mean, point's still made. Point is still there. Sure. I mean, I, I love my Vizio TV. I bought it I do too. five years ago now. It's still fairly competitive for price, you know, now even five years later. Bought another TV a couple weeks ago. I bought another Vizio. If I need another big 50, 60-inch TV, I'd probably buy another Vizio. Just because I, I do love what you're saying about them, their, their business plan of kind of being the Walmart of electronics. You know, they'd rather make less of a profit and screw over their competition. You kind of got to respect that because it works. Yeah, I mean they 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 make their money in the bulk of their sales, not the uh, the price hike. Sure, that's why they sell them at Costco, right next to the fifty pound bag of Chips Ahoy cookies. They know they're a bulk <laughs> consumer item. The, those two products are not unrelated, by the way. This is true. Um, my, and I'm looking at mine. Mine's a Philips. Mine's a Philips Magnavox. Also another U.S. brand, probably made in China. The question is, and the question to the listeners we want to bring up here is, is looking around here, what do you have that you that is still a Japanese product, and do you think you're better or worse for it? Or do you think, really, Japan has had its time in the spotlight as far as the electronics world goes? Do you think the world has moved on? An interesting uh, point here in the article that I link to, it's from Kotaku, and they're speaking specifically about Sony. But even the Ma and Pa shops around Japan that used to sell exclusively Sony bring up a very familiar story, a story that we've heard many, many times. We've brought it up ourselves. Is that Sony got too complacent, saying, well, no one is ever going to match us for LCD technology. Well, guess what Vizio did? You know, No one is ever going to match us for solid-state transistors or solid-state disks. No one can match the Japanese powerhouse that is Sony not only did people match them but Sony didn't react I mean uh, look at the launch of the Playstation or the Playstation 2 I should say no one's going to go to online gaming no one needs a hard drive that was Microsoft who did that an American company so uh, and this is not trying to start a war here because I know there's plenty of Playstation fanboys out there who would you know, hang me in effigy if I ever said anything against their precious PS3. Oh, go ahead and blame. You know, let's let's see what we can. <laughs> but that being said, other than the PlayStation, and the only reason you bought Sony in that instance is because it's a PlayStation. 
Well, and the only reason that the PlayStation really was able to survive those first few years is because it was the cheapest DVD player you could buy in Japan by a pretty hefty margin. You mean the the, the PlayStation 2? PlayStation 2, yes. Yeah. yeah. And now the, the 3 is the best Blu-ray player. It, it was. It, it's not anymore, but you know, for the first two years of the PlayStation 2's life, the most spun disc inside a system was the Matrix. That's a good point. So, look around. Let us know. Feedback at stolendroids.com. Is there anything in there that you only buy Japanese? You only buy Sony or, or Sharp or Panasonic or Seiko, even. Seiko makes quite a few electronics, even under different names. Uh, or does it even matter? Or does it matter anymore? What are you looking for? Is it is it a question still of Toyota or Hyundai in your mind, which people often come down to still when it comes to Japanese products? We want to hear. Uh, on to our favorites. Uh, my favorite this week yes. is a video. Actually, at the moment, it's two videos, and by the time you're listening to this, it may be three. Battlestar Galactica's uh, Blood and Chrome has launched. We reported on this a long time ago, and I want to clear the air by saying I was wrong. Originally, this was pitched as a web series. It The writing was so good that Sci-Fi said, okay, let's make it into a pilot or make it into a movie. They made it. They said, okay, we want it, but let's release it as a web series anyway, and then when it's all done, we'll stitch it together and release it as a uh, as kind of a movie event on sci-fi. The internet, including us, went nuts saying that sci-fi decided not to air it, decided not to show it, and dropped all support. It turns out that wasn't 100% accurate. We didn't know. But they have launched. The first two episodes are out right now. Episode number three will come out Friday. Every Friday they'll be releasing. It is awesome. Check it out. You will not be disappointed. And speaking of awesome, my favorite, um, I'm a big toy collector. I love toys. I always have ever since I was a little kid. Uh, We have found um, the Toy Hall of Fame. And one of those toys, which has been entertaining animals and people since the dawn of man and animals, uh, is the stick. Yes, the stick, uh, like off of a tree. Is that made in Japan? Uh, some of them are, yes. Okay. Um, specifically sticks from, like, a Japanese maple. Yeah, um, they're, they're, they're the high-quality <laughs> ones. They cost more. But. <laughs> the, the bonsai sticks. Um, but, yeah, the stick is in the Toy Hall of Fame. Uh, if you're interested in, in checking this out or the other inductees into the Hall of Fame of toys, uh, check out their website. It looks like, you know, it's it's a love um, a it's love a labor project. Of love. A labor of love. Thank you. That's that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah a love project like is not a good thing to Google. <laughs> no, don't do that. By, by somebody who really loves toys and, you know, there are some missing operation risk. Um, you know, there, there are some notable omissions from the Hall of Fame, but for the most part, they've got some pretty good, pretty good entries. Alright. Uh, my favorite comes from the geeks over at the, the Nerdist channel. Uh, they have put together a music video called Goosebumps, um, but you've got to say it with a Swedish accent. Uh, essentially, they do the entire song singing in a Swedish accent, just about, and they have subtitles at the bottom, so you can listen, you can actually follow along, along with the song. Well, in the middle of the song, suddenly the Swedish chef shows up, and adds a whole other layer of awesome. And of course, since the Swedish chef goes bork, 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 yes, uh, bork, bork shows up and adds another layer of awesome. <laughs> so it's almost like, it's almost like if we were going to make a video with these characters, it's almost like the, here's the characters that would show up in, 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 the, in, the, in the planning meeting. So, thumbs up to these guys for the, for the video they've done. And my favorite for the week is finally seeing the trailer for Angry Video Game Nerd, the movie. For those of you not familiar, the Angry Video Game Nerd is a popular web series that was created by James Rolfe, who is the titular video game nerd, who's not exactly the most uh, happy-go-lucky kind of guy. Uh, this look is a movie that he raised a lot of the money for, he wrote and directed, so it does have that low-budget look to it. 
but it also is very much a labor of love. It's him finally seeking out the legendary desert stash of ET cartridges and the shenanigans that he, that uh, come about. He uh, looks like he gets involved with the military in Area 51 or perhaps even Area 52. So look for this movie. It's planning to be released in the summer of 2013 on DVD and possibly Blu-ray. But this is another great project that came entirely from fan donations. So support the uh, support the internet and support nerds everywhere. Crowdsourcing, it works. Amen. Uh, we want to give a shout out again to you, our fans. Thank you again for voting for us. Um, shout out to our Thank friends. Thank you for sticking with us. CryptonRadio.com. Be sure to check out their Kickstarter. And once again, if you haven't listened, go back and uh, listen to our interview with Jonathan Colton. Uh, that has been our show. Until next time, cheers. One to beam up. Good day. May the force be with you. <laughs>